this onside rewind is brought to you by MuriasDental.com. A stunning smile is within reach. Learn more about Invisalign from implants to crowns to a beautiful Invisalign smile. Call 305-821-0231. That's 305-821-0231. Or go to the website at MuriasDental.com. Send Kai a text at 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Here's Kai Chen Chisholm. All right, we're going to have on Ricky J. Mark here from Five Reasons Sports. I, I want to just shout out the YouTube chat because it's been uh, it's been pretty funny what they've been saying today, of course, uh, with what today is. Ricky, how are you, man? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm disappointed in these elitist American-owned clubs that think that they are the most greatest things that have ever happened I haven't got a chance yet to see what you talked about on the Five Reasons YouTube channel, but I want to ask, and we'll get into the heat stuff, of course. What are your thoughts on everything that's happening right now with the European Super League? So I, you know, in in all honesty, I truly understand where, you know, both sides are coming from with regards to all of this. I've always been the kind of person that has been more along the lines of, you know, we, we do need to care more about the fans and all that other stuff with regards to ticket prices and everything like that. Unfortunately, we don't know, at least for me, I, I'm not going to claim to know everything about the details of this European Super League. I know that J.P. Morgan is involved with financing and that it, a lot of different teams are going to be uh, trying to create some sort of... billion yes, for a team. Uh, yeah, so it's going to create some sort of exclusive league. I do, Of course, I do have concerns over uh, what this could mean for the Champions League, Europa League, and how this could really throw UEFA into turmoil even more so than it was before. I just I I just want to see what happens and it is interesting because leading up to this point, you know, those of us that have been critical of UEFA Champions League have always talked about how flawed, how elitist and how uh, exclusive a lot of that is already. And it's interesting to see how we're suddenly defending it now that the Super League is on the verge of forming. Now, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself pro Super League, pro the other side. I just want to see what happens. I want to see what the details are because, as someone who has legal training, you never, you never uh, release a verdict until both sides have completed their arguments. And we're only just getting started. Do you think, and there's a few things to this. I mean, I like what the. I guess like what UEFA has done with the new update to what they want to do with the Champions League come 2024. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. going to bring a lot of parity. It obviously in terms of like teams like Ajax, now that they have the opportunity and, and that's good because their league is more, you know, up in the standings or whatever, they should never have to go through playoffs ever. They should be guaranteed a spot because if they're there, if you win the nether like that league in the Netherlands and you're a team like Ajax that does so a lot, you should be in. Uh, those are some things I think are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, France only has three spots. I think that's ridiculous. That there are yeah. certain things I think that I like that they are adjusting and trying to make. And on the monetary side, you know, one thing that's come out has been, you know, teams like Shakhtar Donetsk when they get in are making five hundred thousand, and teams like Bayern Munich, though yes, that's my club and everything, are making a hundred million for winning, which they should. But then another report had come out the other week when they lost to PSG that they had already reached $100 million and they're not even in the semifinals in terms of what they've gotten from the Champions League. And obviously, 
you get more money depending on how big of a club you are, the distribution. But I do mm-hmm. agree. I think UEFA is corrupt. I think FIFA is corrupt. I think just what's been happening with the Super League and how they went about it makes it very anti-fan, in my opinion. I want to ask really quickly here, and then we'll, we'll get to the heat. Sure. Liverpool and I think a few other clubs have already left the ECA. That means that they cannot play in the Champions League ever again unless they change whatever rule. Once you leave the ECA, you're not allowed back in, and you cannot play Champions League football. You cannot play European football uh, at that high level, so you cannot do anything. What are your thoughts on these teams taking that measure and before anything has even been finalized and solidified and you have everything going, already making the decision to jump ship and not be able to participate again? Yeah, I think it's concerning because you, you, you want to think that this didn't happen in two days, that they've been planning this for quite some time. I mean, apparently you know it's been well 10 years. Because so, the Bayern yeah, Munich chairman well came out and talked yeah. about it. Right. So you and all of us within the, the, the football chat, you know much better than me that this has been planned for quite some time. Right. So it's kind of surprising to see how they're, they're willing to go through with this at the potential expense of so many other teams. Now, coming from a man, uh, a Manchester City fan, fans perspective, you know, we've been under attack for quite a few years from various teams in the Premier League who made, you know, who made recommendations, who were basically trying to snitch on us for something we may or may not have done. <laughs> and now they go ahead and they turn around and they do something like this. In many ways, you could honestly say that it's hypocrisy because they're always saying, like, for, for, for a team like Manchester City, who is a relatively newcomer on the global stage or on the European Championship stage, you know, we're viewed as like, oh, yeah, we're bought with oil money. We're, it's a cash grab, all this other stuff. But then you go ahead and join a league that is guaranteeing you $3 billion to start. And you're leaving all the other ones. And you're, well, after you claim to be for the little guy, you're basically leaving them in the dust. Now, at the same time, um, I, I have to ask this question because, you know, I'm, I'm still learning more and more about the dynamics of the sport from the club level. Isn't this something similar to when the Premier League was formed 30 years ago? Because at one point there was the EFL, and then a group of about 20 teams decided we're going to form our own Super League of sorts within England, and we have the television revenue, we have the television contracts ready to go, and sure, the difference is relegation and uh, promotion, but isn't this just a different version of what we saw then? I mean, these are just questions that I have. So ultimately, I think it's just, I don't know, it's kind of sucks to see that. At the end of the day, it's a cash grab. Teams are going to be looking for ways to make more money for themselves, and it doesn't really surprise me at the end of it. I just hope, honestly, that the fans are still able to enjoy the sport the way it was meant to be enjoyed. If that gets interfered with, then we might have ourselves a real, excuse me, a real problem. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I'm, I'm hoping that everything turns out uh, in a, a very good light because I just think that this could be something that gets – very very big and and it could turn into something that we hopefully don't end up getting to but with the heat now it's kind of another situation you know today's big topic is on tyler hero and it feels like it's always i mean just in general with the heat it's always on tyler hero even if they win if they lose people are just upset and annoyed at what tyler does what are your thoughts on tyler now i know i've asked you you know previously and i think i believe you said you would keep tyler and it also comes down to contract stuff but what do you think is the issue right now you know, uh, 
at this point, he's a sophomore. It's his second year. He's had an up-and-down season. Uh, I'm not really worried about him. Um, I think you give him an opportunity to succeed, and I think the Heat have done everything in their power to make sure that is the case. Uh, but given that he is struggling right now and he is a competitive player, I say you give him a challenge. You challenge him to work his way back into the rotation because, as we've seen, you know, nothing is nothing is automatically, and it's ironic given what we were just talking about, you know, you you got to earn your spot in this rotation. If KZ plays well, for example, he's going to get more minutes. If Gabe Vincent plays well, he'll get more minutes. Uh, if Tyler is able to play well in whatever minutes he's given, he'll get more minutes. But there's no doubt in my mind that this team is invested in Tyler Hero. Uh, he, After all, he is. He was a lottery pick. Uh, they did invest in him a great deal because, you know, this team isn't very – we don't often pick in the lottery, and Pat Riley likes trading those things like hotcakes anyway. So – I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Hero continue to work hard, and he'll find his way. I mean, the playoffs are around a month away, and I feel like that could very well be the stage in which he gets his redemption story. But then again, that's just me being optimistic. How do you feel with uh, Dwayne Dedman and how he's been playing in the games that he's played? I think I think Dwayne Dedman is doing his job as a big man, rebounding, blocking shots, altering shots at the rim, and just providing a presence that we need that we've needed for so long in the absence of BAM. Uh, a lot of the big guys that we ha- we've had on this roster have been more perimeter-oriented or slow-footed or not really all that, elect- uh, or not really all that um, uh, athletic. But Deadman is pretty much sliding into a role that has been occupied by multiple big men in the past. I, I would like to think that uh, Eric Spolstra makes it very easy for uh, players uh, especially like Deadman to play well, rebound, block shots, be a presence, set, uh, be a presence, set screens. Now, for Heat fans out there, uh, don't get too excited. Okay, it's his. This is only his second game. Yeah, he hasn't. I don't think he's missed any shots yet. But there will be bad games. There will be games in which Deadman might seem unplayable. Remember, this is a guy who didn't play basketball for a year for whatever reason. So you know, don't get too excited. Don't treat this guy like the second coming of Hassan Whiteside. And just uh, hope for the best that he gives you what you need and plugs up a few holes in your offense. All right. Well, the number twenty-one has never looked so good for the Miami Heat being there with Dwayne Dedman. Oh, I think <laughs> I think that it's awesome. Anyways, Ricky, thank you so much for joining, man. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Ricky J Mark, uh, and then catch all of his takes there. And he goes very, very in depth. So it, every time that Ricky tweets. It's always something that he goes in-depth with and it's very thought out. So uh, make sure you go follow him there. Ricky, thank you so much for joining, man. 